Thank you all so much for joining me. Before I begin, I need to pray. Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. We thank you so much for being full-time in our life. We ask that you give us a double portion of your love. Allow us to interpret it. Allow us to practice what your will is in our life. Show us exactly what your plan is so that we can implement it. Walk in it. And walk in righteousness and holiness while we're fulfilling your plan, will, and purpose, God. So we just want to thank you today, God. We ask that you fill us up with your Holy Spirit. You know, don't avoid confrontation. That's what I was talking about yesterday, specifically when Jesus was able to heal on the Sabbath. The religious Pharisees were, you know, they were trying to tell Jesus, you can't heal on the Sabbath. And so Jesus was saying, no, well, don't you take your ox out to go give it water? So, you know, what's wrong with healing on the Sabbath? And so sometimes confrontation... It may seem like there is no um, resolution when there is conflict present. But remember, always remember this, that in order to reach conflict resolution, you sometimes have to go through conflict in order for progress to be made. So don't avoid discussions that, need, that are necessary in order to progress. So I want to get right into the word today. Let me go ahead and share my screen. Oh, and also, if you all have any questions, please go ahead and put them in the Q&A. If you are listening on one of the Audible apps, please go ahead and put your comments in the um, chat there. So I'm going to share my screen here. Okay, so um, going back to the blog. Now, I had talked about... Um, so yesterday I talked about not avoiding confrontation if it leads to being able to do good because it is the right thing to do. So many times people avoid confrontation because they just don't like conflict. And you have individuals in the world that are timid, but God did not give us a, uh, hold on. Let me look up this one scripture. I want to pull up this scripture here so that that way, um, so God did not give us a spirit of fear. And so if you go to your Bibles to 2 Timothy 1 through 7, 
it says, I'm sorry, 1 and verse 7. So for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And so what this means is that there is no reason to be timid about anything or fearing anything because God doesn't want you to fear. And so that's the NIV version. The New Living Translation says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So looking at the King James Bible, it says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. This is so crucial right here, right? The main reason is because you know that you're the spirit that is within you, the Holy Spirit that is governing you is not of any other spirit in the world the holy spirit is bold the holy spirit has attributes all of the attributes of god because guess what it's the holy trinity so you have the father you have the son and you have the holy spirit now um the bible doesn't specifically mentions the holy trinity but it does say it's it's about i think about 12 to 13 verses that talks about the holy trinity of the father being god the son which is um the son which is jesus christ and the holy spirit and so we see that that is the the holy trinity so what's really important here is to understand that in order to get to the father you you must come through who the son the son which is jesus christ and so when you are equipped with the holy spirit you can understand um how to communicate with god you know um you are accepting of the holy spirit so you're going to be led by the holy spirit meaning that you're not going to have a spirit of fear you're not going to be afraid to talk about the good news of christ you're not going to be afraid to change your life you're not going to be afraid to stand out and be bold because guess what for god has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of sound mind. So does this mean, okay, go out here and be confrontational? No, it does not. So don't misinterpret. Don't misinterpret. Don't mistake me. What this simply means is that you are not going to walk around feeling defeated. So you're not defeated. So for instance, I had a lot of different problems at school and it's getting resolved. God is good. So I just feel like, I, I mean, I could have had a defeated attitude and just gave up, but I don't give up. I never give up. And so that's the thing. I never give up because I'm equipped with the Holy Spirit of God. And so having the Spirit of God allows you to walk in a, with an attitude that is an overcomer. So you're an overcomer. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That means you're confident. You have... um. You have motivation, you know, you have high self-esteem, you walk with authority, right? And so all of these different things allows you not to have a spirit of fear. And that's because when you're equipped with the Holy Spirit, you're not going to have a spirit of fear, but you're going to have power. And once you know that you're equipped with that power and you begin to speak the word of God and you begin to pray and then you start seeing things manifest, now you know that you have power 
And so, like, for instance, I had noticed, like, I was having a little doubt in the situation with the school at first. Because I'm like, you know, I've never seen something like this ever happen. I've never experienced the sort of problems that I'm having at the school, okay? And so, I was just feeling a little doubtful. And it's like I had to ask God to forgive me for feeling doubt and unbelief because when God says something to you that means that I'm already equipped with the power that I need so there's no reason for me to doubt anything in my mind so when that doubt come in when I recognize it it's like okay let me go ahead and just rebuke this and I need to make sure I'm refocusing back on the Holy Spirit because if I'm focusing on the Holy Spirit I know that I'm powerful so I have the power that's within me to conquer all things. So understand that God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. So once you have power, then you can give out love to people. And it's not just like no any type of love either. You're going to be like a genuine person. You're, you're genuine with the way that you care about people and the way that you love them. So God gives you this power and of love. And so you have a peace of mind. A sound mind. You have a peace of mind. So that's the new King James. That's the King James Bible. So the Amplified Bible says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. I really, really am enjoying reading the Amplified Bible. They have some great um, reflections into the word. And it sorts of break down some of the words itself. So, that's really good. Um, so, going back here to um, not avoiding confrontations. You don't want to avoid confrontations. Specifically, if you know that it will lead to you doing good because it is the right thing to do. So you know in your mind, okay, if I if I help this person, I know that it may cause, you know, like some conflict with another person, but I just I have to help. I have to help, right? So what I mean by that is many times when, like for instance, if you're seeing somebody outside and they're getting hurt or they're getting beat up. Um, a while ago, I remember uh in Chicago, there was uh, so many incidents that happened on the red, the train. The red line train, the um, there are the the public transportation is pretty a uh, dangerous place to ride in Chicago, and so there was a guy that was on there. He was just cutting and stabbing on the train, and so when you think about this, you have to understand like, okay, so do you intervene or you know if you don't intervene, then you know this person can really go rampage and hurt a lot of people. But if you do intervene, then you're at risk getting yourself hurt. So that is called the um i think it's called the bystanders effect or something like that it's when people everyone is just standing around thinking that somebody else is going to intervene and help but no one does right and so um there was a guy that was on a train he was an employee and he got hurt in the um in the process and so you know you just have to use sound judgment and understand that god did not give you a spirit of fear you know but you 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 just have to understand that when god is leading you to do something 
you know, God is going to allow you to do good things. God never wants you to do anything. So sometimes in certain situations, if you see that if it, if it can save someone else's life, then maybe it is an okay thing to answer me. Um, and so we, I've taught, I've taken a, quite a few classes about um, intervention and bystander effects. So, um, you know, it's really up up to you when it's time for you to do something the, the right way. And in order to do the good thing that you're supposed to, sometimes you have to confront that situation in order for you to be able to do the right thing. So, um, the next thing I talked about was taking ownership and accountability. So you want to be able to take ownership of your actions because you can't, how can we go out here and we just tell everybody else what they need, but we're not looking at ourselves and what we need in our lives, right? And so um, many times um, we're, sometimes we're judging others and that's not good. And so that's why I really, really stay self-reflexive because I think that in order to be um, successful and, um, you know, just to be an overall, like a person of accountability, you have to take ownership. You know, so like for instance, if in, in like in, in my last uh in my last relationship, so the things that happened in that relationship, I felt like okay, it is my fault. It isn't their fault. It's mine's right because I chose to stay in that relationship. I chose to be in that relationship. So uh, when you're going through an experience and you're in a relationship or marriage and that person is doing things and, and you want to blame them for certain things, you have to understand, you have to look at self. So what is your self-reflection? And the way I look at it is like, okay, well, I allow myself to go through this, so I am accountable for this situation. And so like, for instance, I left my car with someone. I left my truck and I went out of town. And so I knew that if something happened to the vehicle, it was my, it would be my responsibility because I left the, my vehicle with that person. Um, so to make sure that, they, that she got to and from work. And so it's important to understand that you analyzing the risk uh, associated with every single decision and choice that you make in your life. You can't blame others because when you blame other people, you're scapegoating. So taking a, a ownership and ability for your behavior is saying, okay, look, I put my, okay, I see you want to say something. Um, let's see. Okay, you you just have to send a, re okay, let's see if I could put you on there. All right, I'll let you, come on. Hello? Hello, I just uh, tuned in right now. And I, I really like what you're saying about personal responsibility. And I actually think you you almost give too when when people play the blame game, you almost give too much power to the people that that you know someone could deem as an enemy, right? And I, I think you make you, you're making just great points. Just here to reiterate or or to um, like praise you know what you're saying because I think there's a lot of legitimacy to what you're saying. Oh, okay. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate that. Yeah, so I believe that too. Um, many times we scapegoat, we blame others because of, you know, it's a lot of different reasons. So many different reasons. What are some reasons that, that you can come up with that you believe that other people blame others for their life choices and decisions? I think 
people, you know, end up blaming their, you know, like their parents a lot for uh, like certain career paths. I think a lot of people like they go into certain career paths that, that, that it may not align with their values, but because their family or their friends may show that, you know, they're, you'll get shiny objects at the end of the day or um, that it's a more quote unquote respectable path. People end up leaving unfulfilled and then they blame others for selecting that career path uh, when in reality it's your own life and you have to really uh, engage in self-evaluation to find the best path for yourself. Other people give input, but you have to, at the end of the day, uh, find the path that matches your values. Yes, that's an excellent reflection. Um, yes, it is. So, so many times when there, there are lots of people in the world that choose not to get a job because they blame their situation or they blame the fact that they don't have gas money to get to the job. They don't have money to get on the bus or, you know, I don't have the right shoes to wear or I don't have the right shirt, you know. And so when you're making a life changing decision, but you're blaming your circumstance on your ability to move forward, then that means that you're giving up and you're defeated. I believe that excuses leads to defeat. Failure leads to opportunity. So when, you know, it's all about the perspective of that individual. And so I think that it's imperative that we, you know, stop blaming other people and take ownership and accountability for our, our actions, you know. I love that statement, by the way. I've never heard anyone say that, but failure leads to opportunity. That's something that I'm going to remember because unfortunately, it, it seems like in this society, people look down on failure. They think failure means it's a reason to stop or they may feel embarrassed, for example, let's say in sports, if they uh, you know, miss a jump shot or get struck out. But that's a that that means there's room to grow. And, you know, when you try, you really gain something in character, you know, you may uh, get struck out in baseball, you may, you know, trip up when you're playing sports. But guess what, there are so many others who would never even try the fact that you're, you're trying or you're, you're giving it a chance really showcases strength and character. Yes, that's exactly correct. I agree. Um, you know, I think that many times people are hindered in life from moving forward because of excuses. So a lack of accountability and ownership equates to excuses. And I believe that excuses are an extension of a lie that prohibits a person from moving forward and progressing in life. And so it's like, yes, you have these circumstances. Yes, you have these problems. But how do you move forward? You say, oh, OK, well, you know, we don't have the same equal opportunity as everyone else. You know, this is the way society has cause our lives to be we can't get a job because of our background we can't do this because of that and you know you have to look at obstacles and barriers and you have to look at it as a way 
to create opportunity for yourself. So just because, you know, you can't get a job today, what are some ways that you can get a job? Being optimistic rather than pessimistic about a situation will allow you the ability to move forward. So for instance, if you can get a job, you can go buy bottles of water and sell them for $1 each. And you can get an entire case of water for just under $10. So just think about that. There are other ways that can enable you to create income for yourself. So I believe that it should be no reason why anyone in life should make an excuse. I see disabled people all the time and they don't make excuses for anything. Starting mm -hmm. small is so important. I, I do think, and, and yes, it's true that, you know, people make excuses, but I also think sometimes people feel like, certain goals may be daunting or trying to accomplish certain things may be out of reach. And what my advice would be is, and I, and you touched on it a little bit right now, which is starting small. Like you give the example with selling water bottles. If you don't have a job or you can't get one at the moment, I think that's so true. Um, you know, even if it's like making sure that your room or your living area is tidier or making sure that you eat a little bit healthier today than you did yesterday or making sure that your you know clothes are cleaner today than they were last week like these little th victories can boost someone's confidence to then take bigger steps but if you approach life trying to just shoot for the stars with zero confidence and no small victories that you're going to fall flat on your face. But it's all about starting those small little habits to build enough confidence in order to be. Yes. Yes. I really like that. Taking those small steps in order to build bigger ones. That's an excellent reflection. I would say, you know, and we just have to, you know, set our minds on, uh, you know, just like being in a positive environment, your environment plays a key role in the amount of success that you will um, accomplish in your life. So you have to be able to surround yourself around positive people. So if your friends, your friends are going to have a certain level of success. But they cannot give you advice past their level of success, right? So if I only know how to invest in stocks, how can I teach you foreign exchange, right? If I only know how to, you know, sell um, real estate properties and stuff, how can I teach you how to be a um, aggressive investor in other areas, right? So a person that is maybe well equipped in some areas that means that they're going to encourage you based off of their knowledge, based off of their pre-existing belief system and what has been successful for them in the past. So it's equally important to analyze, okay, I can surround myself with these people or I can surround myself with a wide array of individuals who will give me information that will enhance my life. You want to be around people that are contributing to your life and not just consuming. People are always they're going to either withdraw from you or they're going to deposit things into your life when they're depositing good things they're going to contribute to you they're going to you know contribute to your successes 
and in order for that to take place you have to be in that type of environment so it's very important it's imperative for us to be able to protect our space and who we you know um truly spend most of our time with because our level of success will not go grow past our friends level of successes well said well said and thank you so much for allowing me on your show i am really enjoying it i'm going to listen but uh the rest of the way but I, i'm i'm gonna get off so that you can talk about the topics that you want to and that you've planned to for your show okay well thank you and if you wanted to interject just just let me know okay okay so that was fiercely independent that was some um great reflections that he gave i really enjoyed um his reflection on taking those smaller steps you know for instance now with me being in school i've been in college since 2007 and so i did not think all the way back then that i'll be now getting a phd and so it was about me taking those small steps and what i mean is i didn't look at how many years i have for a bachelor's degree i did not look at that i did not look at you know, getting a master's degree and how long that's going to take. I didn't look at how long it's going to take to get a PhD. What I did was I completed one class at a time, one assignment at a time. So I'm like, okay, so I'm halfway through this class. I only have about five assignments left. And then when I looked up, an entire year had went past. So it's really about how are you reflecting on your goal objectives it's, it's imperative that you continue to make these like smart goals and don't put, put too much pressure on yourself it's about continuing and moving forward no matter what is taking place in your life so yes you may go through a, you may have a lot of losses you may go through some extreme emotional um numbness from things and it may be in a marriage or a divorce you know um you may also go through some some a lot of different problems where it's leading to you to have psychological pain where you're just stressed out and depressed you know and so that doesn't mean for you to stop you have to keep moving you have to keep going you take god with you on your journey make sure that you including god in your choices and decisions and just keep moving forward and so that's what i've been able to do um despite whatever situation i've been in God allowed me to keep going. You have to keep going for yourself and you have to show up with God because no one else can take your place at work. No one else can show up for you in your place in school. So you have to make sure that you are showing up for yourself and taking God with you on your journey. So taking ownership and accountability is necessary in order for you to have the right type of successes now support for the family i talked about that yesterday um really specifically the proverbs uh 31 um proverbs 31 wife um and so let let me go ahead and pull up i think i left off at ephesians so let's look at proverbs 22 and 6. Proverbs 22 and 6. So let me just scroll down here. Okay. There we go. 
All right, so we go to Proverbs 22 and 6. This is still all about supporting the family. So it says, start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. So it's important for us to be able to lead our children in the path of righteousness and holiness. But sometimes we don't even start off on the path of righteousness and holiness. Hold on one second, please. I have to... so um sometimes we don't even start off on the break and teach your children and also teach so even if you don't start off a certain way it's about you building momentum building momentum up for you to be able to be the best person that god sees you as because see god sees the potential in you god sees the potential in me but it's about us you know changing our lives in a way that is reflective to what god's standards are for us right so just because god sees the potential do you see the greatness in yourself can you accomplish these goals can you can you stay focused long enough to build that momentum that you need in order to get become the successful child of God that God wants you to be. And so the way that you do that is when you are allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you. Okay. And so let me, um, and so that's Proverbs 22 and six. Let me make sure that I, I went over Ephesians. I think I went over Ephesians yesterday too. So this is Ephesians 5, 22 and 33. Yeah. I went over that yesterday. So it's, it is going to be an outstanding experience when you have support for the family. You have to support your family members. If you're not supporting the family, who is going to support your family? You need to support your family. So um, the next thing is able to treat others like you want to be treated. And so the, the way that we do that is let's go to uh, Luke, Luke chapter 6, verse 31 through 36. It says, treat others just as you want to be treated. If you love only someone who loves you, will God praise you for that? Even sinners love people who love them. And so this is so, this, this scripture right here is very, very interesting to me because you want to be able to gain a perspective that isn't just your own perspective. We see that Jesus, when he went, uh, when he was when he was here on earth, he healed the sick, he raised the dead, he talked to the religious Pharisees, right? He did all of these things. He did all of these things, right? But you know, it's like he didn't just he didn't just die on the cross for us in the future. Right? To make sure that we had atonement for our sins. He died for the people that were spitting on him and beating on him too. So he, God, loved other people 
who didn't love him. So we still have to be able to be there for people when they are not able to sometimes be there for us. You may have be like, you may be like, okay, well, you know, I just can't believe she did this to me. I, I loaned her $231 and she didn't never pay me my money back. But let me explain something. See, it isn't about that person. It's about your response to that person. That's what the Lord had revealed to me, right? So yesterday, I had kind of like, um, I had kind of got a little upset with my neighbor. And I said a few things to my neighbor. And so today, I had to apologize. Because I think that I could have said what I said in a better way. Because I just said, you know, you're irresponsible. I was saying things that I just should have said it in a different way. And I feel I felt bad about it. So it's like being convicted in your heart. It's like, okay, I know that this person have done some things because they should have done it this way. But they didn't do it this way. And so it's like you're inconsiderate. And you're irresponsible. And it's like you want to tell a person like you did this and you did that. And this is how you contributed to the situation. But then you have to say to yourself, okay, is this the way that God wants you to be? So God doesn't really want us to be that way. He wants us to be forgiving to people. And we need to love people even when they're not showing respect back. Even when they're not showing love back. Okay. Even when they don't know how to pay you your money back. So, for instance, when I loan people money, I don't expect to get no payment back. But if I am giving, not loan, I'm sorry. When I give a person some money, I'm not expecting to get any money back. But when I am working for, a, I'm, I'm doing a job for a person specifically, maybe helping them do something or, or doing some paperwork for them. Yes, I expect to get paid because I'm working. So, those who work deserve to get paid. I deserve to get paid. So if I'm just helping you and you don't pay, you know, like you don't show gratitude, sometimes some people are not going to show gratitude back. I literally, let me explain this. I looked on my cash out and I looked at all the money that I've sent out and I looked at what was received in. And there's so many people that I just sent money to that I didn't get anything back. And it's like, okay, well, wait a minute. I don't under, I didn't see how did I send you all of this money? I didn't even never notice it. But the point of the matter is, is this. If you love only someone who loves you, will God praise you for that? No, because the word of God is saying even sinners love people who love them. So you have to love people who don't know, who don't respect you back. Who is disrespectful to you? Like, for instance, my friends, some of my friends, they do know how to be very disrespectful, but I still love them. I still say, okay, well, you know, I could deal with you for three days. After three days, I can't deal with you that long. It's time for me to move around. So I know, like, the tolerance level. Like, okay, because I know how you is and I know how I am. So, like, I don't want to be arguing with you because, you know, I still love you. I do love you. But, you know, we have to, you have to just know and understand that they may not show the type of gratitude back to you like you've shown to them. Like, for instance, I have given away my family. I've given away cars. I pay rent. I pay bills for others. 
I've probably done that. every single thing that they asked me to do for them when it comes to a material possession. And, you know, sometimes I, I have felt like it wasn't appreciated, but do that change the fact that I love them? Absolutely not. I love my family. I love my people. So that's just how I am. You can't, you can't stay, you can't get upset for, I can't be upset for that long. Cause I knew that when I helped this person, I already knew what they was going to do. So I can't expect anything else. So if you, if you, what do you expect a liar to do? They're going to be a liar. What do you expect a thief to do? They're going to be a thief. What do you expect a person that, that is a cheater to do? They're going to cheat. So if you're anticipating anything besides what their actions is and the word of God tells us, the word of God says that you will know a tree by the fruit that it bear. So what does that tell you? You should know what to expect. Quitting your trust. God says, do not put your trust. So let's go to this scripture. So Isaiah 2 and 22, put no, it says, stop trusting in mere humans who have but a breath in their nostrils. Why hold them in the stain? So what this is saying, why hold these certain people in high confidence or why put your trust in them? They're going to fail. So you have to expect that because you're dealing with people that draw for their flesh. They draw off of their emotions. They draw off of their feelings. They draw off of, you know, they, some people are not even using uh, common sense. So if they're, they're being led by carnal mindedness, what do you expect? So for instance, if a man, this is how you can identify if a man is going to be right. Does he care about God? Does he love God? Because if he's in this world doing the things that the world does, he's he can have the same ability to cheat on you like a somebody who, who is just a you know your ex. You know, so you have to understand that people are gonna be governed by a certain perspective. And that perspective is their driving system. It's their navigation. That is what's leading them in life. So if you're sitting up here trusting them when you know that they are a thief, what makes you think they're not going to steal? What makes you think that they're not going to cheat if they already cheated? So, you know, if they cheated in their last relationship, they're going to cheat in the relationship with you. They're going to cheat in the marriage with you. You know, what was this breakthrough discovery that changed their lives from, from the ideologies that they are maintaining of cheating? What is influencing them to change their perspective from stealing? So if, if there wasn't something like a major incident that occurred to influence their perspective and change their behavior then they're going to continue to do the same thing so god is saying in isaiah 2 and 22 stop trusting in mere humans who have but a breath in their nostrils 
Why hold them in esteem? You know, so going back to Luke 6, 31 and 36. This is the contemporary English version too. I haven't never read this version. Um, Verse 33 says, if you are kind only to someone who is kind to you, will God be pleased with you for that? Even sinners are kind to people who are kind to them. You understand? So if, if the sinner do it, what makes you different from them? So God wants us to be able to do the things that are hard things to accomplish, not the easy things to accomplish. Like I could easy, easily just go to another school. I already registered for classes and just get it over with. Okay? Now, all of my classes did not transfer, but I could still graduate in a year. So what I'm trying to say specifically is God still wants me to have longevity because God didn't give me a spirit of timid or timidity or fear. So I don't have to be afraid to stand out and do what I need to do. I am a few classes away, a few classes away from graduating. So what God wants us to do is he don't want us to continue to be like the rest of the world. Yes, people are only going to like, and people in this world, they're going to like the people that are nice to them. They are going to love the people who love them. They're going to be kind to the people who are kind to them. But you have to remember, breakthrough is when you can break through to people. Breakthrough to the people who don't know how to love, who don't know how to care. The, the people who... um. The people that don't know how to be kind to other people. They're not kind to you because guess what? When you needed them, they wasn't there. They forgot about you. But every single time they called your phone and you had it to give, you gave it. See, it isn't about your level of giving with them. It isn't about the level of love that you show them. It isn't about the level of kindness that you give. It's about how is your response to the way that they're responding to you? See, God want us to get in that mindset. And that's what I learned a long time ago. I was like, God, well, why are you letting this happen to me? Why, why did you let this happen? You know, I love you, God. I know that your will be done, but I just want, why, why? You know, cause so God said, he said, it isn't about the situation that you experience. It isn't about the circumstance. It isn't about the problem or the pain or it isn't about any of that. God said, it's about your response to those things. Are you still going to praise me in the midst of that? Are you still going to have the same heart in the midst of that? The heart that is a forgiving heart. Are you going to stay that way? Can, can I rely on you to stay faithful to me? So that's what God is saying. Can you, can you still love people who don't love you back? Can you still help them out even when they don't care? Because guess what? They know in their heart that they can depend on you. But what, see, what you don't know is... In the back of their mind and in their heart, you got to pray for them. And Because in the back of their mind, you are actually helping shape their perspective. You are shaping the way that they see love. You are reshaping their perspective of what it means to be kind. Because guess what? They don't know what it means to be kind. 
Let me give you an example. It's some people in my neighborhood that I've been knowing my entire life. My mom been knowing these people that her whole entire life. We've known these people our entire lives. And I could count on one time that I got $5 for one person. In probably 10 years. So what I'm trying to explain is, it's like, you have to understand that some people are not going to treat you exactly the way that you treat them. It's because they don't know how to be that way. They don't understand what it means to be that way. They don't know how to say, okay, I'm going to be there for you every time you need me because I love you. And that's just how I was raised. And so God got that in my heart to be able to have benevolence and, and be able to see you do good. Even though after I keep saying over and over again, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not. Everything. You call me again, don't ask me no more. But every time you come, I'm still there. It's because that's what's in your heart and that's what God has allowed you to be and that's what God has allowed you to become. So what you have to do, your behavior is actually influencing them. And you don't even know it. So this is how I found out because this is what God told me. So there was a certain person that I was around and every single time me and this man have a conversation, he wants to argue with me up and down, sideways, every way. He didn't care what we argued about. And then like a day later, he's repeating exactly what I said to everybody else. So it's like, wait, wait, wait. You just argued with me about this. And now you're going out here repeating everything that I just said. So it's like, guess what? Some people, even though they don't give you credit, they go out there and they mimic what you do. So you have to understand that's the God in you. It's the God in me. It's the God that's inside of you that is allowing you to go out here and influence people and you don't even know about it. So this is why God wants us to continue to build that momentum and say, you know what? I'm going to still be kind to you. I'm not going to let your behavior change my heart because I really want to see you do good. So the more you love and the more you love and love and love and love, they know like, guess what? It's somebody out here that love me, that, that's going to be there for me and be kind to me even when I'm not kind. So they, they're going to feel the love that you have. Even though they don't know how to give it back. Because guess what? Some people, they do not know what love is. They don't know how to treat other people with kindness. Because they have been so cutthroat in their life. And when I say cutthroat, is in layman's terms, they have been so contaminated by negativity. That, that is in layman's terms, contaminated with negativity that they do not even know how to be positive. So the proper word for that is they are shysty and cutthroat. That's what the that's what the term is. But in layman's term, they're contaminated with negativity. They don't know how to love. They don't know how to be kind. So 
God is saying that if you only love people who love you back, what's the purpose? So it, it was just kind of like when I had transitioned from understanding the liberal perspective and also the conservative perspective. So it started with me not just listening to CNN news, but I wanted to hear Fox news. I wanted to hear I wanted to hear what was going on on Nancy Grace, Hannity Combs. I wanted to hear different perspectives. I don't want to just listen to my own perspective. Yes, I liked watching CNN. But it wasn't just CNN. It's WGN. I used to watch some news sometimes. So what I'm trying to say is the way I had changed my perspective about politics was I didn't just listen to the Democratic parties. I listened to also the Republican. So now I am listening to just both sides and say, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to open up about the liberals and I'm going to open up about the conservative and I want to know what makes sense. So what I found, what it was just really interesting with how Democrats need people to be poor in order to be able to help them. So keeping people in poverty gives some people perks. So keeping people in poverty has perks. And then again, now you have Republicans who, you know, like they believe many Republicans, they do believe in God. So I say, okay, I can't just analyze people based off of their spiritual beliefs because the world isn't governed by that and so i need to like really analyze how the liberals and the conservatives are tackling legislation how are they combating some of these social and economic disparities and so we have to be able to have an open mind in a way where not you just not not open for anything to come in but open in a way where you're not just listening to the things that you agree with. So yes, I, I can work with people who don't always agree with me. I have impartiality. So my research is impartial and balanced. I have a judicious type of research that I am exploring. So it's so important for us not to just love people who love you or be kind to people who are kind to you or just listen to news stations that you agree with. So this is what, you know, really allowed me to go and explore the different religions. Because Buddhist people, I had always thought that they were just so calm. They are always like so relaxed and peaceful. So I wanted to understand them. So I start reading about Buddhism and how they were going to be enlightening and stuff. So I, I read about it. And so then I'm like, okay, so this is a polytheistic type of belief. So they have several different gods. They believe in all these gods. And so Buddhists allow you to go back if you're unsure about your belief and go back to your original form of faith or go and explore all the other faiths until you find the one that you're comfortable with. But the problem is, is that the Holy Bible talks about the only way to get to the Father is to come through the Son. 
the son of God, which is Jesus Christ. And so if you're not coming that way, then you're not getting to the father. So why take a chance on risking your soul? So, you know, that doesn't make sense. It needs to make sense. It needs to be spiritual common sense as well. So that's what I'm saying. If you believe in something, how can you have multiple gods when God is saying you can only have one? So that's a, a battle of your faith where you have to internally dive deep, deeper into your belief system and analyze what is specifically right for you. But what I'm explaining here is this. And let's look at verse 34. It says, if you lend money only to someone you think will pay you back, will God be pleased with you for that? Even sinners lend to sinners because they think they will get it all back. So that's the point. When I when I give, I'm not expecting it back. But if I work, I expect to get paid. Now, in, in verse 35, but love your enemies and be good to them. So this is what this is where it comes in. And when you think of enemies, you think of like somebody who hates you or somebody who just like really don't like you. But your enemy could be someone who is just don't believe in God. So it, it could be somebody who don't be kind to you. It could be somebody who don't even love you. They don't show love back. They don't show kindness back. They don't lend to you. So everything happens for a reason. Nothing is by coincidence. God allows everything to happen for a reason. So we have to understand these reasons. And the reason is so God wants us to love people because these people don't know what it means to be thorough. They don't know what the truth is. See, and the reason why you know the truth is because you was raised with the truth. So God want, God says in the word that you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. If you are close to the truth, that means you're close to God. If you like the truth, that means you like being in the presence of the Lord. If you like lies, then you're going to be a liar. If you like those types of things, you're not going to be thorough. That is why there's a separation. If you see, for an example, why there's a separation of people who call themselves thorough, they call themselves real, and then you got the people who are fake, and then the people that are liars. Now, we all have lied at some point in our life, right? No one is exempt from sin. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's about how do you admit your sins? Can you admit when you're wrong? Like today, I did. I went up to my neighbor. I said, I apologize for talking to you like that yesterday. I just got off the, at the wrong foot. I just kind of like felt disappointed about a few things. So yes, it was my approach. So when you're wrong, you have to be sick of sin in order for you to be, get move on. It's like I get, I I'm sick of sin. So even if you sin every single day, you still have to acknowledge. Okay, you know what? I was wrong in this situation. Now when I want to deal with something, I won't admit nothing. I'll be like, nope, I wasn't wrong. Uh uh. Now. I ain't do nothing. Nope. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
it's like uh, uh that's that's when you when when you trying to prove a point but see pride don't come from god god don't want us boasting god don't want us prideful so it's just about you working like that like fierce um he said do you want to work on those small steps small steps it's about all of those tiny little victories that'll lead to your main victory but you can't make excuses we must we must be able to be kind to people that don't understand what love is some people when you ask them what love means they say love is pain love hurts they say all these different things about love when that's not what love is love is patient and kind love does not envy you know but then they'll be like uh-uh see love love lies to you that's because everybody really have come up with their own collective definition of what love is and some people just make up their own definition of what love is but there is an actual definition of love that's what my me and my friend was talking about yesterday about having actual definitions that was the day before yesterday we were talking about that. It's like, okay, the world has an actual definition. But God has an actual definition. And then you have your own definition. So who are you going to listen to? So we have to be able to love people even when they don't love us back or even don't know how to treat us right. Yeah, she did you wrong. She probably going to do you wrong 50 more times. But you love her. And you love him. So you just have to keep praying for people. And sometimes you got to keep helping them. But don't. Like what I learned too was. Don't be an enabler. You have to enable them. To help themselves. Yes I will be here for you. From the beginning middle and end. I'm going to enable you. To help yourself. not enable you to depend on me i need you to help yourself help me help you so um it says then you will get a great reward so look it says 35 but love your enemies and be good to them lend without expecting to be paid back then you will get a great reward and you will be the true children of god in heaven he is good even to people who are unthankful and cruel have pity on others just as your father has pity on you so that's what god wants us to do he wants us to be kind to the people that are unthankful and when they are cruel it's like i know a few of my friends i know that they talk about me real bad and they done they not appreciative they never ever give me anything ever they never gave me a birthday gift never bought me a car never did none of that but always asking me to do something and i always do it it's because of the love that i have i know that eventually their hearts are going to soften but we just gotta we 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 are not god we have to let god be god in their life and we just need to do what god tell us to do it's like yes i want your heart to change girl 
I want you to do better because, you know, it's like, do right. But guess what? God gave them choice, just like he gave you a choice. So we all choosing out here. We all are making choices. And so with that, um, you have to treat others like you want to be treated. You know, just don't, just when you mad, can't, do you want somebody to still care about you? So just be humble. Walk in this life on a humble journey. That's why I apologize when I'm wrong. I just be like, you know, I really didn't mean to say that. Can you, do you forgive me? I no, no, no. Let's talk about this. So it's about like, if, if you want to make your point across, make your point across to make sure that that person really, really understand that you ask for their forgiveness. It's like, no, no, no. I want you to know and know to know, to know, no, no. To know that I want you to know again and I want you to understand again that I want you to forgive me. So it's about being adamant about the things that you're wrong about and taking accountability. It goes back to ownership and accountability. So you want to treat others like you want to be treated. Um, the next thing is be forgiving and show unconditional love. So let's go to um, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. So 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, it says above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. And so uh, that's so I'm going to read the different translations and what they say. So this is the NIV version. The um, New Living Translation says, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. The English Standard Version says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly, sin, since love covers a multitude of sins. The King James Bible says, and above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitude of sins. The Amplified Bible says, Above all, have fervent and unfailing love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. It overlooks unkindness and unselfishly seeks the best for others. Amen. Okay. So when I first read this scripture, um, I don't even think it was my first time reading it. But what God told me, love prevents sins from happening. Let's say it again. Love covers a multitude of sins. So when, when you say, when, it, when you think of covering, God is love. Because that's all God does is give. He gave himself. God gave, gave his son. That's whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He's, he's giving you his son and giving you the opportunity to choose him to have everlasting life. He's giving you everlasting life once you choose the right decision. And that's choosing him. So what God was telling me about this scripture Oh, I was so young when I was reading this. 
And God said, love prevents sin. And I'm like, love prevents sin. So, if you love people, it can stop them from doing bad out here. If you love people, it's going to turn their heart from cold to love. If you love people, they're going to eventually learn how to love you back. If you love people, they're going to learn how not to hurt your feelings and stop cheating. See, they learn how to love when you love them. Amen? You see, you hear that? Okay. I hope everybody caught that. So people learn how to love when you love them. I'm going to say it again. People learn how to love when you love them. So otherwise, they don't know how to love. So the people that don't know how to love is because they don't know what love is. But if you know how to love and you love them, they're going to love you back. Eventually, they'll learn how to love because of your love for them. So love prevents sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. That's what God is telling me. That's what God told me. So you're going to overlook all of these different things. So that's how I was able to overlook my spouse having a sex addiction. Like, okay, why do you constantly like keep doing stuff? But you know, I understood that that's a spirit. You know, so you have to understand it. Some people, we are all governed by something that is driving our motivation, driving our confidence, driving our focus in life. Some people are driven by distractions. They just always distracted, distracted by this, distracted by that. Why are you distracted? Focus on what you need to focus on. So th this is so important. And that's, this is what God wants us to do. We have to love people so that they can learn how to love. Somebody told me that I was real close to, they said, this person that they were talking to me about somebody else that I know. And they said, this person does not know how to love. And so I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? And so she was like, she does not know how to love. And I was like, she don't know how to love. Why? Because of what she been through. So I'm like, okay. 
Wow. So experiences, problems, adversities, they shape a person's perspective. And the way it shape your perspective is in your ability to love and to be kind. So because you was in this this marriage that called that was in filled with infidelity, now you don't trust no man that you meet. So this man to deal with all of the problems you had in your previous relationship because you won't let it go. It's like, wait a minute. You did not meet the same person. So why is he condemned for someone else's actions? So the only way you have to move forward is to say, this person that God has sent in my life, I'm not going to compare you to anybody. That's the way I learned. I just, I don't do no comparison. The way you treat me, you are the only person that can impact our relationship. You are the person that impacts our friendship. Your choices, like just like our choices with God, people should be the ones who can impact your friendship, impact your relationship with them. Not your past. So I've heard people say, you know, you got to earn my respect. Why do they got to earn your respect? They haven't done anything to you. It's just about you just going right in respecting the person. Just because I had a, a, a spouse that loved to have sex, that don't mean that the next spouse that I, that the next one is going to be like that. So I'm not going to condemn the next person for somebody else. Because if I was in an abusive relationship, that doesn't mean that every single man out here is abusive. So why would I compare that? That doesn't make any sense. You have to make it make sense. And when it doesn't make sense, that's when it's like God is talk, God is tugging at your heart. God is talking to you. Don't condemn people that had nothing to do with your experience. And so that's that's the way that we have to look at things in life. You ha you cannot make all of the other people in your life coming forward, moving forward, and make them accountable for your past. Because guess what? You're in bondage. That's that's bondage. That means you get you chained down to that situation. You so much chained down to that situation, you won't let the situation go. So every everybody you meet, you're comparing to that situation. You comparing it to your past. She is not going to be like her. She's not going to be like that. So let them chains, break them chains. Tell God to break these strongholds off of your life. So you have to let that go. 
So be forgiving and show unconditional love because love covers a multitude of sins. It prevents. You love this person so much that God used you to influence them, to help them. Help them change in their life. How good is that? So let's look at, um, there's a comp comp uh, compilation of love and forgiveness. Let's look at that. So these are some scriptures about love and forgiveness. So let's look at some. I'm going to read a couple of them. So we just read 1 Peter 4 and 8. Now let's look at uh, Ephesians 4 and 32. It says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. It's like when a person betray you, it's like, when it's, it's someone, let me explain this. When somebody betrayed me, I just be looking like I expected that. You know, so I'm not disappointed. It's like, okay, you know, it, it, it bothersome. It's a little bothersome, but it's okay. It's all good. Now I know next time. I know next time what you're capable of doing, right? So now I can see this, the, the tree, that, the fruit that you're bearing. So now I know what to expect from you. But do that mean that I'm not going to love you? No, that's not what that means. I'm still love you, but I still know what, what tree you coming from. I know how you coming. I know the fruit in your actions and your behavior and what that's going to produce. So guess what? I'm going to give you over to God and be like, God, you know, that person betrayed me. That was wrong, but it's okay. I still love them. Help them do whatever it takes in their life to change, God. Whatever it takes. So the next scripture is 1 John 1 and 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see, if we confess our sins. If you don't confess your sins, he, how he going to forgive you? So it starts that way. It starts that way in life too, in your relationships. Look, you have to say, I was wrong about this. And so like what I used to do too, like if you don't want to talk about things like face to face, write them down in front of that person. And then you exchange notepads and then you read it off. So you have a notepad. They have a notepad. You write down the things, the 10 things I like, the 10 things I don't like you doing, and the 10 things I like you doing. And you hand it over to your spouse and let them read it. Don't say nothing. And that allows you to have respect and 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 understanding for that person so what we have to do is we have to confess our sins though because it's a person is telling you something that they don't like 
then you have to place value on their level of important things. It's about compromising in your marriage. Like, okay, well, this is what you want. This is what I would do for you. But you have to admit when you are wrong. So confessing your sins, it starts in the confession. You got to be honest with yourself. You got to be truthful. Now, like I said, it's a lot of people in this world, they don't embrace the truth. They don't embrace the truth because they're more inclined to lies. They're more supportive of deceit. So they themselves go out and continue to practice lies and, and indulge in lies and be deceitful to a lot of people. So they don't like the people that are truthful and honest and able to be thorough and, and truthful about things. So you have to confess when you're wrong. Confess your sins. It starts when you confess your sins. That's where it starts. So you have to confess your sins. And that is when God, um, God, so God is faithful and righteous enough to forgive you once you confess. And God will cleanse you. But it don't start unless you confess. God, I was wrong about this. Forgive me for my sins. God, change me. Come into my heart. Do what it takes. Allow me to fulfill your will, your plan, your purpose. So you got to admit when you're wrong. So um, Luke, I'm going to do this last one. Luke uh, 7 and 47. For this reason, I say to you, her sins, which are many, have been forgiven. For she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. See that? He who is forgiven little loves little. So if you forgive just a little bit, that means you only going to love a little bit. Remember that, remember that reflection. This is why I do not like saying what I would do in the situation. I do not like doing it. I don't, I do not like saying what I would do. I don't do that. If I was in that situation, no, I'm not saying that. I don't say stuff like that. I don't say if I was in this situation, I would do that. No, I'm not saying that. The reason why I'm not saying that is because when you say what you wouldn't do, and you are not a part of what, you know, you don't, you don't have control over the future. God has sovereignty. Yes, you can influence the future by your actions. Like you can go to school and then after you go to school, you can get a good job. You can go through training. Once you train, you can get a certificate. Then you can have a high level of income. Yes, you can have a high level of income and then you can go get a nice house. Yes, so you influence your future. But God has sovereignty over your future. So the thing about that is that you have to be able to 
forgive a lot so that you will be forgiven a lot. If you are sitting here and you're judging other people, oh, if I was doing it, that was me. See, don't say it that was you. Because if that was you, God will put, God will allow you to go through a situation. So you will you'll experience their choices. So you don't know what you would do. You know. I'm here to tell you you don't. I used to do that. And when I did that, God, God will put, I will be in it. I will go through a situation. Just like I said. So you don't know what somebody else's choices is. Don't compare yourself. If you love little, that means you forgive little. If you love big, you 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 forgive big, you you love big. Whatever level your forgiveness is, is the level of your love. So am I in bondage from my past? Absolutely. Right. I want I'ma see my ex-husband do good. So that the kids can do good. I want them to see, I want them to do good anyway. Just do good. So I won't have to be hearing all of these problems sometimes. I'll be like, I don't want, I want to, let's pray about this. And even though he don't believe in God, I'm going to still pray. I'm like, I got to pray about this. Come on, let's pray. Just say Amen. So this is what we have to do. Say in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. That's what we're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. So that's the way I pray. And um, But I'm just saying that, you know, like you don't want to be in bondage. Don't allow strongholds to impact your future. Because those are invisible chains that are holding you down. Your love correlates directly with the way you forgive. See, you mad at your friend because he ain't he ain't hit you right. He ain't give you what you thought you was expecting from him. So he didn't give you no money. And now you mad at him for a long time for that. But how how can you be mad at a person? Who don't know that they deceived. When people are deceived. They don't know that they deceived. They don't know what they doing is wrong. They just living a life that they think is right. So above all. In 1 Peter 48, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. So we have to be forgiving and we need to show unconditional love. Quit talking about what you wouldn't do in somebody else's situation because you will or you could end up going through it.
and you having access to their choices might not be the same choices that they made because their choices are still allow them to have sanity. A sane mind, sound mind. So you need to pray more than you talk and gossip with family and friends. If gossip does not apply to you, then just pray. So I'm going to say that again. Pray more than you talk and gossip. Pray more than you talk and gossip with your family and friends. If gossip does not apply, just pray. So let's look at this scripture. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 20. So it says, for I am afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be. And you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. So you see, that's what the scripture says, 2 Corinthians 12 and 20. It is not good to gossip and slander people. Pray more than you talk and gossip. Pray more than you talk and gossip. Simple as that. It's nothing more, nothing less. Pray about everything. I did feel bad yesterday the way I talked to my neighbor and I apologized because my heart felt convicted. If your heart not feeling convicted about some of the things you do, go back to the throne of God and say, God, look, I need you to have conviction all on my heart. Convict my heart until I change everything that is displeasing to you. And sometimes some people don't like having to say these type of prayers, but I promise, I promise, I promise you're going to do so much better when you do. You will believe so um going back here uh let's go to proverbs 10 10 uh 19 through 21 like i said this is under the same thing pray more than you talking god it says proverbs 10 19 through 21 the one who talks much will for sure sin but he who is careful what he says is wise this is so important right here. You need to think before you speak. So I've had people tell me, y'all, you, you careful with your words. You careful with what you say. Absolutely, I am. Yes, I am. I'm very careful with what I say. Because if you say the wrong thing, you get sued. If you say the wrong thing, you can hurt somebody's feelings forever. Some hold on to words. And, 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 and sentence you to a lifetime condemnation because of what you said to them. How do you walk around in such bitterness? How do you walk around in such, you know, pain and emotional numbness? You didn't condemn the person a lifetime condemnation because of what somebody said to you. Get over yourself. 
get over yourself. We have to get over it. It's not that serious. I don't care what you said about me. Keep on saying it. I'm not that what you saying. I am who God says I am. And it's so tripped out because some people that they know me, but they don't know me. Because you don't know the real me. So if I don't, if, if you've never been invited to my house, how can you know me? I don't even introduce you to my kids. My kids, I talk to my kids every day. So like understand that, you know, you are who God says you are. So the one who talks much will for sure sin. But he who is careful what he says is wise. Verse 20, the tongue of those who are right with God is like fine silver, but the heart of the sinful is not worth much. 21, the lips of those who are right with God feed many, but fools die for want of understanding. You see that a fool died for wanting to understand. Have you ever heard a person say, oh, well, I'm trying to understand what you're saying. They over there arguing about the fight. Now it's about to lead to something else. I'm trying to understand you. See, everything in the Bible is true. If whatever you need to know in life, go to the word of God. I'm going to read this verse over. The lips of those who are right with God feed many. But fools die for want of understanding. They want to understand. They always want to understand something. They confused about this and confused about that. So to sum that up, pray more than you talk and gossip with your family and friends. And be careful what you say. Because some people, remember, they don't know what love is. They've been deceived. So if they deceive, they don't know that they deceived. So you say the wrong hurtful thing, it could lead to them having a lifetime condemnation towards you. Until God, you know, changes their heart. They allow God to change their heart and allow forgiveness to enter into their heart. So that's those are some things that will help the effective therapy for women, for specifically black women. But we need to be able to, I'm going to go over it again. Don't avoid confrontations if it is going to be able to lead you to doing good because it is the right thing to do. You want to take ownership and accountability. You want to be able to support the family. You also want to treat others like you want to be treated. You want to be forgiving and show unconditional love. You want to understand that love and forgiveness is directly correlated. They are similar. Okay, they are interchangeable. 
You can't have one and a, not the other. So forgiveness, you will have love. With love, you have forgiveness in your heart. So, and make sure that you remember to pray more than you talk and gossip. Remind yourself, am I, am I, is this pleasing to God or am I just gossiping right now? Am I just gossiping? Should I gossip or pray? Gossip or pray? Should I gossip or pray? Should I gossip or pray? Remind yourself. Should I gossip or should I pray? Say it. Should I gossip or should I pray? So that's what you have to get in the habit of doing. So um, the next thing, the next topic is eugenics. Okay, so I'm not going to go over eugenics right now. I have about 15 minutes left in this podcast. So what I am going to do is um, I would like to go over some of the tissue that I was talking about last week. So. So before I go over eugenics, hopefully I get to that on Sunday. Um, let's look at some of this tissue. So let's see where I left off at. So I left off at real. So let's go to public goods. That's what we're going to go to public goods tissue. All right. That's the one that I didn't get a chance to cover. And then also I want to go over some net. Hold on one second. Give me one second, everybody. so much for holding so i would like to go over these different native soaps so i have native i have so many natives this soap it is very costly somewhat but it's very very good for your skin um it does not have any parabens any aluminum okay it is dye free it is sulfate-free and also phthalate-free, okay? And so this one is Lavender Rose. And so on Lavender Rose, the ingredient, they, they come with a list of ingredients on the back, right? Um, this is before, I wanted, I wanted to go over this before I even get into the tissue. Um, so native, it is, the ingredients is water, um, betaine, sodium chloride, um, different sodiums. It has some lavender, um, flower oil. It has some different oils in there. And so what I've noticed is, um, some aluminum, it causes cancer. I know that. Uh, but this doesn't have any aluminum. It doesn't have any parabens. It doesn't have any sulfates. It's dye free. And so, uh, this is lavender and rose. I also have uh, coconut and vanilla. So coconut and vanilla is usually, it smells more like coconut than it does vanilla. So this is, I believe, is more like a unisex um, for, you know, men and women. I also have the 
eucalyptus and mint now this this kind is usually for men it has like a, a cologne type of smell on it um also have more coconut more coconut and vanilla and then i have the cucumber and uh mint and i i have a bunch of these so i you i always utilize um native soap um i buy native deodorant as well um so hopefully i'll be able to go over these sometime next week but if you have a soap or a favorite soap that you like using that is somewhat organic and paraben aluminum sulfate free please do send me an email so that we can talk about that together i'll definitely like to include that into this podcast about women's health because one thing that most women don't know is that when you're utilizing soap and soap that have fragrances those soap enters into the vagina canal and what happens is it causes sometimes it can cause like a yeast infection it can also cause urinary tract infections so all of those chemicals you don't want those chemicals going back into your vagina and so it's so important to make sure that you're buying different soaps that also do not leave soap scum so for many many years the only type of soap that i purchased was dove i always bought dove i don't buy no other type of soap i don't like i never liked any fragrance soaps or anything like that so i don't get yeast infections okay um so the the important thing is is that you're investing into the right type of product for your body when you're buying some soap it's going to leave soap scum on your body and that means that when you wash up it's still scum that is stuck onto your body now and you can only see it under a fluorescent light so if you have soaps that have um fragrances or chemicals those fragrances sometimes have chemicals as well many of those dyes that are in these soaps they are dyes that are used to dye clothes they dye shoes and now they're putting it in the soap and now it's going on your skin being absorbed through your bloodstream and now it's being back inside of your vagina canal right so you don't want to purchase soaps that is going to cause you to have soap scum or cause you to have a urinary tract infection or yeast infection so pretty much buy paraben free sulfate free or dye free i have so many of these they cost about 15 dollars a bottle um but if you buy a bunch of them at walgreens you get a discount um but you can buy them on native.com but now i think they're about like nine dollars now they starting to go down in the price but when they first came out they were about 15 dollars a bottle um the deodorant actually is 30 dollars a bottle so i'm gonna bring that out next week but i just wanted you you all to know um the different types of soap to purchase because otherwise a lot of these soaps you have to understand that your skin is tissue so whatever you put on your skin is going to be absorbed through your body, right? Like when you put lotion on, lotion is being absorbed into your skin in order to keep your skin dry and, uh, I mean, soft and nice, right? So 
you know, you're going to put that lotion on. But it's being absorbed into your body. And so the same way is what happens with soap. You have soap scum that is still left on the body. And so in order to avoid that, you want to make sure that you're buying paraben-free, aluminum-free, or sulfate-free, dye-free. You don't want to put soap into your body that has dye that they use for clothes. That's going right back inside of you. All of those things are unhealthy. So um, let's, let's look at this one here. We're going to go to, let's see. Instead of me going looking at the tissue, let me just, let me slightly take a look at that. The NATO. Um, and let me go get the deodorant. So one. Okay, so I'm back. Thank you all for holding. So, um. Now with this, I have cucumber and mint deodorant. It, the, the deodorant smells very good. Okay, see? I also have um, more cucumber and mint. And I also have the grapefruit. They have grapefruits and pergamots. Paraben and aluminum free. And this grapefruit, it smells so good, women. Okay, this... Woo! It smelled. This is fire. Fire, okay? And it, I've been having this for a long time. So let's go on the native website. Now, I usually don't use lotion because I have a lot of water. And so I do have lotion in my house. Okay, I have, also have Vaseline. So sometimes I put Vaseline on my feet. But um, I use don't use lotion because water actually can turn into a moisturizer for your skin and it also allows you to look younger and so i drink a lot of water and so water is very good for your body and most most people they don't know that water turns into a moisturizer moisturizer hopefully i'm saying it right okay um moisturizer all right so it turns into a like a lotion for your body. And if you're drinking enough water, it's going to hydrate your skin and it's going to nourish your skin. Okay. So looking here on native website, they also have the deodorant and um, body spray um, deodorant. They also have care. They have, um, it's plastic free. Um, so let's look here. So native, that regular deodorant, I actually never bought that regular deodorant. Um, Oh, yes, I have. I just didn't know that they call it regular deodorant. <laughs> okay, so they have different flavors. They have sea salt and cedar. Um, it actually is $13, but you can subscribe and save, um, and it's $11, okay? And so hopefully I'll be able to go over this. I'll go over Native. So Native is so good. I, I switched out my Dove, and I started purchasing um Native. I didn't know that Native had toothpaste. But um, I don't use that. Maybe I could start buying that. Um, I usually don't buy anything from their website because I just think they they are kind of expensive online. 
but Walgreens is a lot cheaper and more affordable. So let me go ahead and I'm going to post this on the website. And then hopefully next week what I'll do is I'll go over the sanitary napkins whenever I get a chance to in a different soap. So I want to go over uh, native, native soaps. So I remember to um to do this. But it's actually cheaper in Walgreens. If you purchase native in Walgreens, um, it's a lot cheaper. So they look like they have shampoo, conditioner. I don't use any of that stuff. Um, because I'm more natural when it comes to my hair uh products and stuff. So I probably will buy some of their they hair stuff, but I just haven't, so I don't have a review for that. Um, so I should I'll go over this on Sunday if I get a chance to. Hopefully next week sometime I'll go over this. Um, but this is a very good type of soap to buy, and that's what I use. And um they the different smells, they have all type of smells. They have they have the dessert grass and sandalwood, they have uh buttercream, French vanilla, butter and cotton. You know, um, so this is all it all smells good. So um yeah, I'll go over that sometime next week. Let me go ahead and uh, pray because I'm already at my two-hour mark. So let, let's pray. So, Father God, we just come boldly before your throne. We thank you so much for just giving us your word today, God. Thank you for leading me in this discussion, Lord. And um, I just pray that you allow us to just... Uh, you know what, God? I, I pray that you we are attached to you, God. You are our stronghold. You become the stronghold in all of our lives, God. I pray that you break every single chain of bondage of unforgiveness and every single chain of a, of a, a lack of love, God. And, and just replace it with your love and forgiveness, God, so that everybody that can, we all can experience what it means to be loved and, and be forgiven, Lord, God. So we attach ourselves to you. We attach ourselves to the Holy Spirit, God. And we ask that you become our stronghold. So you are our stronghold, God. Confidence is attached to you. Our esteem is attached to you, God. And we just want to live a life of abundance. God, you say in your word that if we... That if we forgive little, we love little. So God, allow us to love big so that we can forgive big, God. And, and just let us have favor in your sight. In the name of Jesus Christ, let your will be done, not ours. In Jesus' name, it is sealed in your atonement blood. Amen. All right. Thank you all so much for joining me. Um, I will see you all again on Sunday. Remember, if you wanted to suggest a topic or make a comment at all, just go go ahead and post it in the blog or send me an email at lawslifehealth at suddenchangescorporation.org. Or if you wanted to um, get prayer, you can send it to that same email. If you wanted to um, become a writer or an author, please send me an email at info at suddenchangescorporation.org. If you wanted to chat with me directly, send me an email directly. Deanna Watson at suddenchangescorporation.org. I appreciate you all. You all have a nice night. Enjoy your weekend. I'll see you all on Sunday.